follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some strange bedfellows. You had made a joke about having some extreme dry spells. Oh, yes. Can I bring that up? I've had some epic dry spells. How long is a dry spell for you? Dry spell, everyone kind of hopefully figures we're talking about inactivity, sexual inactivity. Well, my last dry spell, I was had been in a relationship uh, that turned sexless and we did not have sex for like the last two years of the relationship. When you say you didn't have sex, how often did that occur in the last two years of like any sexual There was nothing. Nothing. Like nothing. No sex. What about hugs? No affection. Well, it's kind of weird how these things happen. Like, I think um, my partner had rejected me. And then so I quit trying. I was like, well, fuck you then. I'm not going to put myself out there if, if you're and then it became like a standoff. Wow. Yeah, that's how it felt for me, like a standoff. And then after a while, I just didn't care. And then there was another, almost another two years after that, after the breakup, where I just was really busy. (laughs) And just the months added up, and I was too busy to find a partner. And then I stopped caring about finding a partner. And it was, uh, it was pretty depressing. (laughs) Honestly, look, I think I needed it for a little while. But you know, needed what? I think I needed the space to like pursue things other than sex for a while, but it, I definitely like lost contact with being a sexual person. And that's something that affected my work and how I felt about, I think my last couple of years as a dancer, mm-hmm. you know, like I, my money took a plummet and I was just trying, it was just a very confusing time. And I feel like not helped by having no affection. Yeah, when yeah. when I am having a healthy uh, sex life with my partners and a good body image and like relationship with myself, then I definitely make more money. Right at at work at sex worky work. Um, and there are some real impacts of going without and I don't want to say sex because having sex like being fucked doesn't make people happy too. You know, being fucked or trying to fuck someone when you're, you don't want to also is one way to really damage yourself emotionally. Like I tell women, I'm like, don't feel like, and not just women, but people don't feel like you need to have sex with your partner. That means you probably need to break up because I've done that and I've done that maybe a hundred times to myself when I was much younger, um, feeling if, if I went through the motions and I faked the orgasms and I... I made the, uh, you know, and the noises and, and did the some of the stuff I saw in porn. And, you know, I could just go through the motions of having a semblance of a relationship. But every time I did that to myself, 
I felt like I was minorly sexually assaulting myself because I was consenting to him, but I was wrestling with consenting with myself, if that makes sense. I see like, you know, kind of unsatisfying, unpleasant sexual encounters in a relationship. It's like, okay, you know, you have a hunk of cheese on the table that you 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 scrape off a little bit at every dinner, right? And every time you have a bad one, you've scraped a bit off the cheese and soon there's no, you know, one day there's no cheese left for the spaghetti. What? (laughs) (laughs) That was weird. Okay. No, I like that. No, no, no. no. But seriously, it's like my love for you is like a hunk of Parmesan cheese. And if you keep grating it off, then there's Mm. no cheese for you. Yeah, like you whittled it away. Yeah, you whittled it away. Yeah, we're talking about so many things right now. So, I mean, so why do people want sex and touch? I mean, we know that infants, if they don't receive it, they don't grow, they don't thrive um, emotionally. Their brains don't get as big. Um, uh, Why do adults want sex and touch? You tell me. I have no idea. (laughs) I just, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do you feel? Have you had enough good sexual interactions in your life that you can think about how how you feel after a good one. Oh yeah, absolutely. How do you feel? Um, I don't know. I you kind of feel you have that like spring in your set spring in your step and and I don't know, you feel kind of powerful like feeling sexy and feeling secure, you know, secure and wanted and able to connect with other people kind of gives you a kind of power to go through it, mm-hmm. go tackle the rest of your stuff. You feel happier. You Yes. Yeah. So you feel happier probably because you had some kind of dopamine, oxytocin, norepinephrine, all these chemicals in your brain um, activated. And these are things that we get um, with low level anxiety, which can be like excitement. I mean, there's a little anxiety required for having sex because it gives you that excitement um, uh, either to initiate or to keep your interest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You don't you don't need to have sex in order to experience dopamine or oxytocin. This is why people who are really frustrated where they're like, well, I can't orgasm very often or I can't orgasm at all. Um, you're still getting the dopamine. Once your body begins having a sexually pleasurable experience, you're still getting something. So couples that get really frustrated with why aren't we having penis and vagina sex? It's like, well, you build resentment which feels like a wall which sounds like something you were explaining um, having (laughs) experienced yeah yeah, and I've been there Um, but and a lot of sex therapists and educators will prescribe more eye gazing hand holding something like sitting across from your partner holding their hands just looking into their eyes for five minutes in a quiet room Um, that that's actually prescribed for people who don't have sexually fulfilling relationships because it's like well you want this cock in your pussy and you want it plunging in and out and you want her wet and you want him big but like are you even doing the basics like eye contact well I mean I guess and there's other forms of intimacy besides sex even though I feel like usually if you aren't trying to have any sex you're probably not trying to have any reach out in any kind of way yeah yeah there's a lot of factors so People who, I mean, there's always going to be people who have an easier time accessing sex. So like us as cisgender women that are 
pre-middle age. I mean, let's be honest, like American-wise, beauty standards-wise, like most people have an interest in you if you're 22 to 30. So we still have some commodity. Well, I don't know. I'm like teetering on that edge. <laughs> I'm a, I think I've entered into official cougar status now, which is fine. The cougars are viable. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. But as the porn <laughs> internet world will tell you. Um <laughs> So I'm sure you've had clients that are like, I'm so lonely. Nobody wants to be with me. Absolutely. My favorite, my favoriteest client. (laughs) You know who you are. If you listen to this, my favoriteest customer ever. Just the sweetest, gentlest human being. And he just has no confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll get you more than anything. The crippling shyness. People that are just shy and don't know how to reach out and Mm -hmm. are too unsure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what other people have a hard time maybe accessing sexual interactions? People who are very disabled. Yep. People under caregiver care. Um, there's a blog post and you guys can search for it. And the title is I masturbate my profoundly disabled son and a father wrote it (laughs) and it's pretty real. And, um, the point is, is that he says, I notice my my son experiencing sexual frustration, being grabby, being frustrated. And I just took it upon myself to like in a very clinical way. I think he wears a glove, too. But he said, I notice he's just relaxed. He gets to experience something like that. But even people who aren't that disabled, but still say, you know, if I live in a facility and the rules are that I can't date what the hell? (laughs) And this is why people go to sex work, you know, if they're able to. Well, is that where sex surrogates come in? I don't know. Somewhere. I'm not really, I don't really understand what a sex surrogate. So partner, partner surrogates are overwhelmingly in the U.S. technically illegal. Um, They do manage to fall into that gray area of, of a holistic or somatic touch therapy mm-hmm. um, and sex work so there in California there is a certification system that's the thing even if it's like federally legal states will still create these programs so you can for example you could train in Canada and you can train in California and you can become licensed and you can practice in the states um, even if you have to be very very clever about how you do it um, sex therapists as it stands are not allowed to recommend or refer their clients to sex workers okay um which is very unfortunate because i have spoken with therapists who say i absolutely wish i could uh, and maybe they'll try to um yeah i mean no one should have to die a virgin if they don't want to (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like seriously well and there's also there's a lot of evidence for the fact that um Apparently, people with anxiety disorders are very likely to seek out sex workers. And I can see that. Absolutely. Because there's less expectation. There's less stress. It's like you give the provider the money. You, you're there for what you're there for. Hopefully, they're not going to judge you or be a jerk like a date might. <laughs> and you go your separate ways. There you go. Yeah. There was even an article about this. Uh, with all the different stories yeah. of people. And it's not just men. Dude, women oh, women suffer from this too. It's everyone assumes that it's like men, it's so much harder for men. I mean, in some ways it is, but there's lots of lots of women that aren't getting it. BBC News did a story called The Sadness of Living Without Sex and it 
talked to a bunch of people of different genders. Um, sometimes it makes me feel like I must be a monster. Oh, I am 60 plus and retired. I have never kissed a girl and certainly never had had sex. I have always every day longed for something that I have succeeded in avoiding my whole life. And I certainly don't blame the women. So he's talking about a lot of anxiety stuff. And like suffering. I have suffered and am suffering all my life from debilitating love shyness. Mm-hmm. That's a really strong word. Like you're suffering because of this. That's it's a lot of people, terrible. a lot of people who have sexual dysfunction. Um, and then of course, problems in their relationships because of the sexual dysfunction are people who have anxiety issues, who have PTSD, who have depression, um, who have OCD. And so there's a lot of people, I mean, think about if you have, if you have OCD and your habits for trying to manage your everyday life are so severe that you check the door like 20 times and you know, you have so many things like it can be very, very, very stressful for you to try to invite someone over to your house. If you know, you're going through all of these behaviors. Right. Or if you're like the kind of, or if you have the kind of OCD where you have like a kind of germophobia and you have to Mm -hmm. wash your hands 50 times after Mm -hmm. you touch anything, it's going to make it difficult for you to probably touch or be touched by Mm -hmm. another person. I knew someone uh, who was a germaphobe and uh, definitely exhibited this through his OCD behaviors. Um, And at one point his girlfriend had, passed out at a party and it she wasn't sure if she had been raped or not so she did do a rape kit this was about 15 years ago uh not in this state and they did get the results back which is funny because Oregon has so many untested I mean those are DNA rape kits but um they concluded that she had not been at least penetrated she didn't have any injuries uh but until she had gotten her results boyfriend was unable to have sex with her because he wasn't sure if you know maybe someone had oh I have some feelings about that yeah because that's not exactly how that works you don't transfer germs that way especially like days or weeks after on one hand I sympathize that you know you've got you've got a mental thingy going on you know but the the other part of me is like uh, yeah and these things yeah this is why it can be really really difficult for people who have these these issues pushing into their sexual lives to have relationships so sex work is cool and that's one that's one reason we need to decriminalize it well i found this really wonderful quote out of another guardian article about sex workers helping disabled people it was written by tuppy owens you can google that and um it's a really really great quote that gives me the warm and fuzzies on the inside and uh, her quote was I really love the idea of sex workers giving disabled people the chance to be touched in a non-medical way perhaps for the first time in their lives to be held in a warm pair of arms and have their sexual dreams respected and lived out and I think that's something that like every I mean I applaud I applaud this woman because that's really something everyone should get to experience if they want to Mm -hmm. everyone wants to feel loved and safe um, and arguably many of us want to feel sexy. <laughs> I wish I could do more sex work that felt like healing. And maybe, you know, the reason I didn't want to go into partner surrogate, um, treatment is because that can be very, very emotionally demanding based on the couple of surrogates I know, because you're really working very intimately with someone, 
and their dysfunction or their challenge. And I use the word dysfunction not to make people think there's a way you're supposed to be, but if you have a function of your body or your mind that is distressing to you and you want to change it, that's when it is a dysfunction, you know? Right. So people who are like, oh, I come in five minutes. Like, well, that might be longer than some other guy who's worried about coming in 30 seconds, you know, but it's distressing to you. So it's legitimate. So we take it seriously. Right. Or I can't come. I fuck for 45 minutes and my dick hurts. Well, that might be somebody's fantasy, but it's really distressing to that person and their partners. <laughs> So dysfunction is like such a, a subjective term. Please nobody get hung up on that. <laughs> what uh, what kind of coping skills do you think a, a sex surrogate needs to? Good friends and family. Um, I don't know. Nature, laughs, memes, whatever, whatever works for them. I, I know what works for me and it's those things. <laughs> Fair enough. So I have a dog. <laughs> 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 I do have a dog, but he does not. I don't know that he distresses me. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's take a break. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. Passion by Kate is an award-winning resource for women and couples who crave a more intimate, exciting, and fulfilling sex life. Passion by Kate's affirming writing, workshops, and one-on-one -on -one counseling help you create a new level of openness and intimacy with your partner without feeling awkward, twisting yourself into a pretzel, or spending hours a day on intimacy-building activities. Learn more and find hashtag freedom and pleasure at Passion by Kate. That's K-A-I-T dot com. Mention this podcast to receive a complimentary 30-minute counseling session when you purchase any Passion by Kate product or service. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flair have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flair is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. Oh, welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Now is the time to do our new recurring segment. Oh, hey, <laughs> we have another new one. This is Unsolicited Letters. Now it is time to give you a peek into the emails or letters that we didn't ask for. So. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this one's still... Whoa, is that one sticky? It's still... A <laughs> you know, I didn't ask myself that before, but um, this one is from Yamhill County Correctional Facility. I received this to the strip club where I worked. Uh, work. I still work there about four or five years ago. I've found this in a drawer so i keep these <laughs> l 
check it out. <laughs> My name's blank blank. I'm 33 years old. I'm white. White is spelled W-I-G-H-T slash Puerto Rican. <laughs> that is also misspelled. <laughs> I speak English and Spanish. I've got a body to die for. I work out five days a week. I'm 192 pounds with 22-inch arms, heavily tatted up from head to toe. If you go on to Yamhill County Jail roster, you could see a picture of me. <laughs> oh, you can laugh. <laughs> I own my own house in nearby blank. I'm currently in jail on forgery and theft. Oh, boy. Comma. Charges. Charges has two S's. Comma. <laughs> I seen your Please ad. Please give me your email password. That'll let me know that you like me. <laughs> I seen your ad. I'm, I think he meant in the paper. And I think your, all the yours are wrong. Just assume they're wrong. Doing a good job because you beautiful women need higher pay. That's very sweet. This was when a news article came out about the workers' rights legislation we were working on a couple of years ago. Okay. He, d he does sound fairly woke. Yeah. Fairly saying. woke. Fairly woke. Until, God, I would hook it up. Look, I'm thinking on opening up a strip club myself as oh. soon as I get done with what I'm going through. I drive a 2013 BMW. I've been to your club. So when I seen you in the newspaper, I was like, WTF. <laughs> this is how you woo a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you write back. Really would like to get to know you and help you financially... F-I-N-A-S-H-U-L-Y. I got a good inheritance from my grandparents when they passed away. So write me back. I would be willing to help you any way I can. P.S. I need to spend all that money on something. Why not a beautiful woman like you? Well, that's a nice sentiment. But can we rewind back to the why the fuck every con on earth thinks that it would just be so easy to open a strip club? <laughs> why do people think like this is just the way to go? That's my golden ticket. <laughs> I spoke to, from my profession, a fair amount of gentlemen that are spending time behind bars for whatever reason. And this is a really common theme. Like, what do you want to, you know, and you chat with people, and what do you want to do when you get out? Like, what legit business could you possibly go into? And nine out of ten times, no they way. say, I want to open a strip club. No way. Yes, oh, that's I know. A because it's just so fucking easy to make a successful one. Is because it? Because the money just makes itself. You just open the bar, <laughs> the sluts will come, and then the money will fly in afterwards without any work or no planning cost, no or permits, standards. You know, no licensing. No, no, yeah, no, no fire wrangling with the OLCC. No, no bookkeeping, no scheduling. No law enforcement no checking on you constantly. Right. No building maintenance. No staff costs. No food costs. Well, some places don't have food. Right. No liquor costs. <laughs> There's some hungry man dinners, like some places. <laughs> you need tens of thousands of dollars to open a strip club in Portland, even a crappy one. And like tens of thousands means like 80,000 maybe conservatively, maybe. This is based on what I have been told from a few different people who already own them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm going to take that seriously. Uh, yeah, sure. Just what open is, a strip club. Uh -huh. It's not field of dreams. It's not build it and they will come. It's like not. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that easy. Mm. Guys, get that out of your head. It's not it's not like the easy no work ticket. It's very hard. That now makes me wonder how many club owners in general 
<laughs> wish they had picked something else. Oh, no. I was going to say <laughs> had spent some time in a correctional facility. <laughs> if nine out of 10 of the people that you interview say that that's their dream and there's 45 clubs in like 100 miles of me. <laughs> right. Uh, which is not to say that just because you've been convicted of anything, you're not a bad person. No, definitely not. I mean, people get, you know, people do their time. I think you sh- you pay your debt to society. You know, you serve your sentence. That should be put behind you. And lots of people get unfairly convicted. You know, lots of people get uh, convicted of worse crimes than the actual ones they committed. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that, that happens. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's... <laughs> that's too bad also. Like, talk about talk about isolation i think maybe it's a common fantasy because i get again this is people who are going without uh the touch they wish they could have um i've read and i've been told many many times um and this makes a lot more sense to me that the women's facilities there tends to be a lot of what you would call lesbian activity Hmm. but i mean oh yeah 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 but i mean women are such and god i hate gender oh my god i hate gender stereotyping um the way that women socialize when we call each other babe and we hug and stuff like that women in american society are more likely to do stuff like that um but there's also more of a gender fluidity and sexual fluidity that is allowed of cis women in general so it makes more sense that you can be you know, lean into your bisexuality or your queerness or whatever when you're in a place that there's no cis dudes. Yeah, I mean, women don't put their arms around each other and then jump back and go, oh, you homo, I'm not (laughs) like that. And I feel like that's a very, like, kind of... Yeah, it's definitely less socially acceptable to have male-male touch. We know this. Oh, that's right. So in talking about um, sexlessness and why people should be able to always access sex, access sex that's Mm -hmm. a tricky thing to say people should always be able to access sex sex holy crap that's hard um (laughs) say it five times backwards in a row and well we've talked about how it hurts and we'll continue to talk about how it hurts people um when you criminalize sex work not just because you don't want to like hurt the women and the people who do the job but it really sucks for the clients. Like I have clients that ask me all the time, dude, I even get DMs from like 17 year old boys that are asking me for nudes. And then they're like, are you a cop? And then I have sex workers asking me, how do I do a job without running into a cop? And so the providers don't want to bump into cops. The clients don't want to bump into cops. The cops are just doing whatever the fuck they're supposed to be told to do. And some of them are disgusting animals about it and this is why sex workers don't want to interact with cops and will never report rapes or robberies of us right because we don't get a lot of support or recourse like oh i'm sorry you let this person like have sex with you or feel over your body or whatever talk with you um for two hours and he didn't pay you the 500 dollars. like oh that sucks no that's a fucking crime that's a crime because you broke the the agreement which was the consent that was given Technically, too, I think under, um, I was just recently at a seminar that was kind of talking about things that you could, uh, that you could bring up or introduce in as evidence during like sexual assaults. And one of those, there are rape shield laws, which it precludes, like, you can't blame, you're technically not supposed to be able to 
introduce a prior incidence of sex work or like exotic dancing was was specifically used as an example as evidence that somebody was asking for it or you know mm-hmm. it, it's that's it's like some of the reputation laws you know like you hmm. can't really totally smear somebody unless however there are other examples where if you can you if you can come up with a specific incident that someone someone has done with your accuser man i am not explaining this very well no, some lawyer is going to listen to this and tear me a new ass here <gasps> what was i saying <laughs> what was the name but, of it you can't bring up someone's sexual history. Yeah, you are not supposed to be under rape shield laws. Um, your sexual history isn't supposed to be brought up or admissible unless it, unless you have a prior. I think one of the uh, one of the examples you can use is if you have a prior sexual history with the person that you're accused of. You know that you're accusing. Does that make any sense like it has to be specific incidents related to the accuser but not just your general reputation like Mm -hmm. oh she has a general reputation as a slut or Mm -hmm. you know she was a prostitute or any of these things i mean technically you're not supposed to be able to just just use those things as evidence that a crime didn't happen Mm -hmm. however there are like other there are other ways that you can do it that are sneaky Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't hear about sex workers losing custody of their children based on the right. nature of their work, if that was always the case. Well, and all but that's you not ha- their sexual history. That's their. And I will work. say that all if you can find a way to mention it, even if the judge instructs the jury to disregard that information, I mean, can you go back and erase somebody's mind? You can't. It can be. It can be an effective way to to cast doubt. On somebody so I can see how you know you would be reluctant in that scenario to even go there because you're just going to get <laughs> it's going to be unpleasant for yeah, you it's on going to be embarrassing and um, or just in the fact that if your case doesn't even make it to a trial or anything just the cop that you might have to deal with and if they refuse to help you then you don't have case well also too you know in an industry that thrives on discretion right Mm -hmm. once you once you you know take someone to task for something they've done to you though that's going to other clients or not that's going to ruin your business too oh like if you try to sue somebody yeah yeah oh yeah press charges for uh yeah that's like a the FOSTA thing where it says, well, this gives victims the right to sue the people who trafficked them. And I want someone to consider in what world that is going to happen. Yeah, right. Because those rights already exist under the criminal justice system. Like, yeah, you already can. You can go after somebody who trafficked you. Nobody ever really does. I mean, the government, anybody who pursues those cases well, are doing the legwork. Also, to go after them for what? I mean, like, what are most of these people really going to have right? anyway? You know, that's just kind of a toothless, you know, like. But you a, can sue them for all the money they don't have and you can pay all your own legal fees, too. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe you can sue enough for enough money to, like, bail yourself out of jail because they'll throw you in jail, too. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets jail. Mm-hmm. So let's give some update on how FOSTA um FOSTA and SESTA, those bills. Check them out if you haven't already. Uh, I have a letter from a listener. This person is a client. 
a sex worker I see shared her experience with me. Let's call her, let's call her Jane. Jane typically screens her clients through the verification service preferred 411, P411, which checks ID, gets a reference from a known provider and such so that when people are verified through P411, there is reasonable certainty that both the provider and the client are trustworthy. After SESTA slash FOSTA, P411 is not accepting new members, either from clients or, quote, companions, as P411 calls the sex workers. Jane normally only sees people from P411 but cannot advertise, so she needs to take additional risks to take on new clients. As part of her screening process, photos were exchanged, and the person on the other end of the email said, I know you, dot, 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 your kid goes to this school, you live here, etc., and, quote, maybe your family needs to know what you do unless you pay me. So you have a sex worker that's being extorted by a would-be client, but they can't see who the client is. The client can only see them. Oh, wow. Luckily, she said to fuck off and threatened to call the cops for the extortion threat, and he slash she backed off. She does not know if this is a former client, a neighbor, or even another sex worker, and it has made her paranoid about all communication. Jane still cut back her work for a couple weeks and is reluctant to take any new clients, has no way to advertise, and fewer ways to feel safe with the customers she sees. I, as someone who sees sex workers, have no way to screen and verify the people I see without places like P411 and the Erotic Review, or T-E-R. These are definitely risky times for all of us. Man, I wonder if she tried a reverse image search on that photo. I don't think. She, oh, you mean the person who made yeah, the threat? Yeah, the person. She said that photos were exchanged and this person. Did she have a photo of that? I'm not clear on that. Sorry, I'm already thinking about like, how would you go about finding out who this person is? <laughs> I don't know. Uh I will say one tool that might be helpful for people trying to verify clients. I mean, you can always, if you have the time and money, if you want to waste 60 bucks per person verifying someone, you can always, if they'll give you a first and last name, you can always try to verify who they are through one of those background check places. But, you know, honestly, if you have the time, if you leave a couple days before setting up an appointment, you get their full name. Anybody can march down if you're in the Portland area or even and I think just about any area you can march down to the courthouse and access their court records. And so at least you can see if somebody's had restraining orders, if they have what kind of offenses they've been convicted of. But if for they- every single client, though, can you imagine? I mean, yeah, it's doable. Sure is doable. She's going to make way less money, though. Yeah. Ugh. But it's one way. I mean, I don't know. I I have like a subscription account, <laughs> you know, that of I, course I you do. So I'm fancy, you know, to verify people. Well, but, you, yeah, you use it. Uh, well, I found um, an article and this particularly interested me because I'm, uh, you know, I'm always trying to think of ways to engage the non-sex work community and, and caring about like helping us because I think right now you probably have an awful lot of people who are hearing about Foster and Sesto but they think well I'm not a sex worker and I don't know any sex workers so really why why should I care Mm -hmm. and um so I found this article about anti-sex trafficking law Foster is hurting online sex educators too 
-hmm. But I mean, there you go. So this is starting to, it's the beginnings of the creep into the quote, quote, legitimate world. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So there was a school. Well, there was like a sex education school. Um, I'm trying to find out where it was based on somewhere in the U.S. But they've now um, they've now had to like censor a lot of their content because you it's getting to a point where you you really can't even advocate mm-hmm. for sex workers at all mm-hmm. I without, mm-hmm. you know, having some sort of fear of having your site. taken. Uh, so it was a. Uh an online streaming sex education platform, O-School. And they've only been around for about a year, it looks like. Um, and they said the passage of FOSTA and SESTA has, yeah, they've had to clear a lot of their content off. Well, and if I'm correct, I mean, I think O-School is just that, you know, it's like would be the kind of thing where it's like you teach women how to have better orgasms. I mean, mm-hmm. orgasms and things that are pretty that aren't even that sex work oriented, but this is affecting them mm-hmm. too. That's- yeah. Well, the educators are saying that they can't talk specifically. I mean, you can't talk about sex work maybe at all. And that was why in my last podcast show, Instagram stopped letting us link to it because it was two strippers and it was, you know, sexually related. We weren't necessarily I mean that's not true <laughs> I was gonna say we weren't trying to sell our services but we were advertising where we could be found um but people said that it was some of the best sex education they ever received so what a fucking loss if not as many people can access that yeah it's really a big danger when you remove the freedom of speech even to talk about things even things like um oh blood play this one came up this one came up Ooh, this will come up again because I have our listener question. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what blood play is. <laughs> blood play is any kind of play that involves blood. I mean, it could be needles or cutting or I don't participate in it. I think it's one of the obviously more risky things you can do. I know people who do participate um, in blood play, but that is actually becoming harder to find information and art and resource and content about because with FOSTA and SESTA, um, like the banks who will own the websites or anything like that, they say, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that because they're conservative. Um, I mean, all advertising is sexually conservative, which is why Google wouldn't support my website because I'm an out sex worker. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I wonder how long Foston it is before Foston Sesta just like comes for porn. Legislations tried to come for porn before. I don't remember what the bill number was, but last year, a couple years ago in California, there was a huge movement where they were trying to pass a bill that any porn that was filmed in California would require the use of safety goggles worn by performers and gloves to reduce <laughs> transmitting. Hot. Right. <laughs> and so you had porn porn performers saying this does not this is not feasible. Like what you're asking is ridiculous of us. Also, why are they con- so concerned about the transmission of STDs and STIs on a closed set? They I mean, don't give a shit. These people they already get tested regularly. They don't care. It's just trying to just to another kill porn. way to punish and control. It's just I mean, another way to kill porn. I'm thinking, though, you know, it's like all the porn, ho- you know, all those like tube hosting sites, you know, how the hell there will be there's going to be some rascally conservative somewhere that will make the argument that trafficked women are somehow being 
you know, advertised or shown, exploited on these sites and find a way, you know, it's just going to creep over. Don't take, don't take my porn away, please. (laughs) That's the only, only way I can make it through really monotonous study breaks. You know, don't take my porn away. Yeah. Don't take take my life away, please. (laughs) (sighs) Hey friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some Nabalm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabom.com or search Nabom on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. So, hey, let's do a listener question. <sighs> hmm. I sometimes have unusually long periods that last more than 10 days. Usually, my long-term committed partner and I abstain but I'm wondering if that's a mistake and if maybe we could explore having sex when I'm bleeding I don't know how to start that conversation because I don't want to gross my partner out (laughs) I've been there really well I mean hasn't hasn't everybody tried to to, tried to do it on I guess not everybody but well some people have sex on their periods all the time and they love it I'm not one of them. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm not. I've done it before for sure, but it's really messy. Like you have to have preparation because it it'll get everywhere. And I don't know. I'm like really crampy and mean, <laughs> and I just want to eat ice cream and lay in bed and cry about stuff. <laughs> uh, I want to ask this person if they if they feel sexy when they're bleeding, then that's an indication that you're probably you have some interest. If you don't feel sexy when you're bleeding, then you're perhaps not missing out on anything. (laughs) Um, My vulva hurts. My whole vulva, (laughs) whole, my entire vulva and part of my whole hurts when I'm bleeding. (laughs) Um, It feels like I got punched in the vulva and I'm just sore and I don't want anyone near there. Also, cover your ears if you are a baby and you've never thought about menstruation, but um, blood clots are a thing, okay? <laughs> yes, they are. And I don't personally like seeing them. You ever eaten chicken livers? That's... Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, and as someone who licks pussies and has licked pussies and also has a pussy, period sex is not arousing to me unless I purposely used that... Um, time when I was bleeding to engage in some rape role play where my blood was like basically a prop. Whoa, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know that went. I did not see that one coming. I know. But... <laughs> so, and I very rarely engage in rape role play and people are like, what? There's people that are listening that have heard me talk about this before, but other people, I did it with my partner and we can talk about this again. 
And it was very healing, positive experiences for me that I initiated that helped me get through um, some sexual assault um, memories in my mind. Like I replaced that memory. Okay. Um, not really replaced it, but. Um, Played the tape out differently, maybe. Exactly. Okay. So, but otherwise, to back to the question, I don't like period sex, but there's other people who do. So if you want to start a conversation about it, um, just ask your partner, have you ever had any interest in having sex with me when I'm on my period? Because it's something we never talk about and I don't want to gross you out, but periods are normal and I figured I'd ask. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm also the type of person that doesn't like to have sex on my period, but I also have for years now had a Mirena which is not doable for everybody. Somebody, some people have really like horrible reactions to IUDs and hormones and all that. But for me, it's been pretty awesome at stopping my fucking period dead in my tracks. I'm 40 years old right now, and I'm hoping maybe this one I've got in will see me out till when my ovaries like wither up and just stop. Because I had really horrible, horrible, terrible terrible periods that horrible no good very bad terrible periods so but that's so I don't know I don't really have that problem anymore but mine were so painful and awful that I couldn't even imagine feeling sexy while I was hmm. on them but you might be different yeah so ask and yeah. just you know it'll take some preparation get some towels get a Do mattress you know? protector yeah everyone should have a mattress protector because anyway, you spill yeah. stuff, some people squirt, semen is a thing, sweat is a thing, cover your mattress. Do you know how many skin cells you could vacuum out of a mattress every year? Like 10 pounds a year. That's disgusting I know. and horrible. I know. Skin cells and liquids. So yeah, get a mattress protector and then change it every couple years. They're pretty inexpensive. Try it in the shower. Do you have shower sex? Don't slip. Yeah, that might be a good time for that. Yeah. Period sex. What else? Or I tell you what, if, you know, your partner doesn't want to do it with you on period sex, it might be a, it, it might be a great time to try anal. Just saying. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh God, that's a or whole not. other list of advice I don't have time to give right now. I'm like, maybe, you know. We're going to have to get through a lot this season. <laughs> There's going to be so many things to jump off of. Um, it's interesting what you said earlier about um, you hope it withers up. Um, because that will happen a lot faster if you are sexually inactive. Oh, will it? Oh, yeah. That's saying if you don't use it, you lose it. I mean, people's genitals atrophy because if you don't, if you don't use your muscles, if you don't use any other part of your body, it atrophies. Oh, God. So, so do well, those kegels. Wait. So, are you saying that I should have less sex and then menopause will come come around <laughs> quicker? Oh, God. It's a devil-edged sword here. Oh, God. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. <laughs> uh, but really. I want to have more sex, though. I will tell you, that's going to be my biggest regret when I die. You know, when people are like, you know, everybody, lots of people go through like a wild period when they're younger and they had slutted around, have lots of meaningless sex with people that that you don't want to necessarily repeat those experiences as you get older. But at the same time, I think I'm going to die and just wish I had more sex with more people. Always more sex, more partners. I'll wish I had done way gnarlier you, stuff when I was younger. I want you to have more connective sex with more 
trusted partners because yeah you don't need to go out and have a bunch of random hookups unless you're chasing some kind of adrenaline or you're it was fun when i was 22 (laughs) i had a great time yeah now i'm in a different place yeah but being able to buy like fast food on my own was exciting when i was 22 that's true what i can do doesn't mean it's good (laughs) for me i mean yeah i've done a ton of things that were dangerous and risky and like i mean i've had my hiv test thinking like well i'm pretty low risk but um I want you to have more fulfilling, loving, deepening experiences. Oh, thank you. I I just want to have more of them, period. More of them, period. More (laughs) of them, but not on your period. Oh, (laughs) zing. Zing between two and not like repeat myself. What was the Nordic model? Oh, this is fucking delicious is this dark is this frustrating yeah it's gonna oh yeah it's the it's this stupid bat shit horrible fucking lady (laughs) sorry i'm getting really mad so like the terrible language is coming out this lady who was a receptionist at a brothel in australia right so she was a receptionist at a brothel so she is an expert on on the sex industry now now she knows better than you or i or any of you listeners out there on what is and isn't exploitation mm-hmm. isn't that great so this is a uh, nordicmodelnow.org which is a website that's unfortunate right um so the nordic model is a no one should be be being punished for the idea that anybody should be punished for a consensual transaction is just absurd yet here we are reading uh reading this ridiculous article by jacqueline gwynn whoever that is what's the title (laughs) uh the title is myth disabled men have the right to prostitutes Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? Dis- disabled women might need sex workers, too. Why do. does it have, you know? Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, and they do. They do. She says it is sexist because it only considers men's sexual needs and not women's. Well, it's a job. It's a job. Um, she said that she got a response from a woman who worked in the industry. Uh, <laughs> she says, I saw very few disabled men, but actually preferred them as clients because they did not physically threaten me like able-bodied men. Oh, well, I like it that she said she talked to 10 women and 10 women is definitely enough to be representative of an entire industry, right? I mean, 10 women, there you go. That's the range of experience that people have. Yeah. There's always going to be people who worked in an industry and have absolutely horrible things to say about it because of what they went through and what they saw. And that exists in every single industry. Hello, Harvey Weinstein, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, That means that we need to give the individuals more autonomy and ability to advocate for themselves so it doesn't mean that you just shut down an industry when there's a problem with it i mean we have school shootings one happened two days ago does that mean we close down all of the public schools in the country because there's a lot of violence and kids are more likely to die there now than like anywhere else except for their homes (laughs) i know i i just i'm reading through this and Apparently, sex is not a human right, and it is not a life or death matter. A disabled man will not die if he doesn't have an orgasm. Well, cool. I'm glad you get to murder other people. 
people. Mm-hmm. Great. It is um, demeaning and ableist because it implies that disabled people are too grotesque to be sexually attractive and are not capable of sexual expression and forming partnerships with other disabled and able-bodied people. No, but people who have a hard time engaging in the world and moving through it need additional resources. They do. And if somebody is ha- happy and willing to provide them, who the fuck are you to say they shouldn't do that? I would punch this woman in the face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Isn't this how our first episode went? Were we talking about violence? Right. Sorry. Yep. Ooh, there's one called Cool Men Don't Buy Sex. <laughs> cool Men Don't Buy Cool, because I really want you to be a cool man. Um, Just like I want you to be a nice guy. That is not true. I mean, I can't speak about necessarily buying sex, but let me tell you what. When I was dancing a lot, I gave some lap dances to some very, very hot dudes. <laughs> They did not have to pay for anything, yet here they were. <laughs> here they were in a strip club enjoying my company and paying for it. I don't have so. to make my own sandwich. I mean, I can afford to have it made for me, which is nice. Or I can make <laughs> it myself. Thank goodness I have those options. Right? Sometimes it just tastes better when you pay someone else to do it. I love my <laughs> like clients. Like coffee. I'm so happy for the good clients that I have that say, thank you so much. Right? You're an angel. Um you're a healer. You're a therapist. This is better for me than therapy. I feel so much better now. Um, I don't have anyone else I can talk to about this stuff. Like these are things I hear all the time when I work from no, my clients. No, it doesn't mean that you're a loser at all. I had um, one of my other favorite customers who um, was a regular for a while was had his wife had passed away and he just didn't know how to talk to women anymore mm-hmm. it'd been so long since mm-hmm. he had dated anybody or been in the dating scene he had we were like his training wheels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he that's, wasn't a loser right and that's was, a big part of um partner therapy um surrogate partners too is to give people the abilities to intermingle in the worlds and socialize and have these sexual experiences with people they're dating or their partners um, so yeah, if you're like a premature ejaculator, then maybe you would sit with a provider just in your underwear. And if you start to get hard and you feel like you're going to ejaculate and she'll maybe take her hand off, you know, like this person is working with you. Um, and that is a, such a gift because then it's like, you just change their life. You change their whole life when they can experience the world better. I want to hear from any listener who can offer us some sex worker organizations to support or follow or keep an eye on. Um, I really always like Red Umbrella Project out of New York. Titsandsass.com is a great website. Um, <laughs> see us next week. Um, we're going to have our friend Henry LaTourette Miller. We're going to talk about some crime and grime of old Portland. If you have a question or an idea or some input, email us. PillowTalk at StrangeBedfellowsPDX.com for more strange bedfellows check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content my name is l stanger and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on instagram at stripperwriter and my name is jen you can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com <laughs>